listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara, and we are back. I feel like we haven't done a full episode yes. in a while. It's been a while for sure. Well, for us recording, it's been about two months. I think only it's only been one month for our listeners. Right, right. It feels I feel rusty, Kara, and I've missed doing this. So I know I'm excited to be back. I know. Okay, so today we're not going to get into it just yet, but today I'm actually really excited for the topic because we want to talk about a person. And I think this person is kind of forgotten a lot, but we've been mm. trying to record this episode for like two months. Yeah, no joke. And then I got sick and lost my voice. Fred got sick and lost his voice. Then we both mm. got COVID. Right. And so it, I feel like there's just been a lot of like warfare keeping us from recording this yeah. episode, which yeah. I think says a lot actually, because somebody doesn't want you guys to right. hear that this person is very important who yes. we want to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. The level of... Really, it's been since Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think we got lucky that we were able to record our Christmas episode. It's been one sickness Mm -hmm. after another. And like physical and mental kind of spiritual warfare, just like struggling with this particular topic, even though we talk about this topic all the time. Like our casual car conversations are about this topic all the time. Right. And so it was just kind of a... That is our chit-chat and banter. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of been a, a spiritual warfare struggle. So... I'm really excited about the topic because I think God really wants so many people to hear it and evidenced in the spiritual warfare. Mm. (laughs) But before we get into what the topic is, um, we have a few housekeeping things. We had two new donors Mm -hmm. over the last time that we did a full episode. And so we want to just take a quick moment to thank them. Um, Fred, who are our new donors? So Megan Ulrich and John and Kelly Benz, we want to thank you. You, uh, Without all of our supporters, it'd be hard for us to do what we do and to keep growing yeah. and to do all that we envision. So it means a lot to us that folks are, are willing to support us in this work and we just really appreciate it. So I just want to thank you. You guys are all basically the producers of the show, if that's mm-hmm. the right term, I suppose it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so thank you. Yeah. There's a greater vision, I think, to draw near that um, we haven't really shared, but that we know, you know, those who support us really Um, buy into that and so we appreciate all of your support because it's that support that is going to help kind of continue to move this forward amen and i think probably fairly soon kara will start sharing that more probably what do you think in god's timing if it's soon it's soon (laughs) so we're like full of teasers today i guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) what was the other teaser well we kept talking about a person that we're forgetting okay yeah yeah we're gonna get to that and we're forgetting to say who that person is so it's kind of ironic (laughs) but it's all good yeah. So in the time that uh, that we haven't done a new episode, we also had kind of a big trip that we went on too. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Just for our listeners, if you're interested. Yes, we were blessed to go to St. Louis, uh, Webster Grove in particular, Mary Queen of Peace Parish. Uh, it was a blessing, Kara. Yeah. I w- really enjoyed it. We got to do a confirmation retreat there. Mm-hmm. And those were some of the best behaved young people. They were eighth graders. Yes. And they were super attentive. Yes. And Kara, I w- I'll be honest, I think we talk to adults and, and high schoolers and college students, but especially adults, and mm-hmm. I wish they were as attentive as those eighth graders were. They did great, but I actually really liked the format, too, because they had the, the confirmation students and their sponsors or their parents there, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard to misbehave with right, your that's adult true. Yeah, there's a little more pressure there, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah. think it worked well. I and did. then we also did, uh, the following day, we did a catechist retreat for all of their faith formation um, catechists, um, just kind of leading them more in, deeper in spirituality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a blessing too, uh, for sure. And the supporters that are listening, we actually posted one of the talks mm-hmm. from there on our Patreon page. Yeah. 
So it's patron-only access, but it's on being a confirmation sponsor. So if you want to learn how to be a better confirmation sponsor, <laughs> um, you can find that there. Yeah, but it was awesome to get to go. And actually, one of our one of our donors uh, invited us out there. So then we got to stop in Kansas City and see uh, um, another one of our supporters and listeners. Yeah. Shout out to Rob Heller. Rob Heller it was yeah. great. He treated us to like the best barbecue in Kansas City. Right. <laughs> it was and, amazing. And Kara's husband, BJ, was very jealous. Oh, he was so jealous. I told him we're going to go to Joe's and he was like, you have to bring me back. So I'm like, it's going to be four hours old. He's like, it's better than anything here. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was amazing. It was really good yeah. barbecue. Yeah. And yeah. then we got to see um, another one of our supporters and avid listeners. She says she's our number one fan. Um, but so does somebody else. Somebody else. John Paul says yeah. he's our number yeah. one fan. Um, but it was really awesome. We got to spend the weekend with her, too. So that was that was really great. Yes. It was a blessing for sure. Yeah. So should we get into today's topic? I suppose we should. Okay. So we want to talk about a person who um, is honestly overlooked. Um, Fred and I actually, like, we talk about this a lot. Just how heartbreaking it is that this person ha- is not really talked about anymore. Um, so who is this person that we're talking about, Fred? And not in a meaningful way. Right. Like, it's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the person He's is the, the Holy Spirit. Yes, the person is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's kind of like... I. I love the Holy Spirit, so please don't be mad at me, Holy Spirit. But he's kind of like the forgotten God. I feel mm-hmm. like people forget about him. We talk about the Father. We talk about the Son. And then, like, even when we do the sign of the cross, it's like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right. You know, it's like, do we even know who that is? Do we even know what that means and how it's supposed to impact our life? Mm. Yeah, and we don't think of the Holy Spirit. We think of the Holy Spirit as this, the fire, the dove. The yeah, or this, like, aura that just aura, surrounds us. Yeah. You know, Star Wars, the force, you know, uh, that sort of, but we don't think of him as the love between the father and the son that is Mm -hmm. so real. Mm -hmm. He is another person. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that we have a good example of that in marriage, we don't think of the Holy Spirit as that person who wants to live and act in, in and through us and have a relationship with us and guide us and reveal all truth to us. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. The Holy Spirit. If we don't think of the Holy Spirit as a person, then why would we pursue a relationship with him? Because if we do have that view of the Holy Spirit, like, you know, he's just kind of this supernatural aura or, you know, this hovering force or whatever, then there's nothing that's propelling us to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of there and he's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. But when you think of him as a person, he's a person that you want to pursue a relationship with and you want to actually try and encounter him and get to know him and and speak to him and have conversations with him. And so I think it's so, so important to not forget about the Holy Spirit, but to see him as a person and a person who wants to have a relationship with you and like, how can you grow in relationship with him? Right. You know, and a person that's so important and a person that Christ wanted us to have a relationship so much with that, what did he tell the apostles? Go and wait in the un- mm-hmm. upper room until you receive the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, from on high. And he sends the Holy Spirit and then they go and do the thing. Right. You know, that's how important the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, I like that. It's at the end of Luke, beginning of Acts, where he says, you know, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then in Acts, it says, go and wait until the Holy Spirit comes. So like that's Jesus, who is another person we want to encounter right. of the Trinity. He's telling them the very first thing that I need you to do is not, you know, go and start the next big program Mm -hmm. or go and do this next big initiative, but go and do, but rather go and rest, go and wait. And I'm going to send you not just 
myself, not just God, I'm going to send you love himself. So you have to go and wait for that before you can do any of these things and before they're going to be productive Mm. and effective. Amen. Kara, I'm just going to be brutally honest on this podcast. I think on this topic. I like it. (laughs) uh, So um, Kara says I'm not direct enough and I'm too nice. So we'll let the listeners decide. But um, yeah, when we think of the Holy Spirit, I think in our line of work, we often have every publisher is calling us, trying to sell us the next big program that Mm -hmm. is going to solve all the problems in the church this video series or that video series. And at a certain point, they're all the same. Yeah. And they don't keep their promises. And I think one thing we forget, um, any of us that are involved in ministry in any way, we have a tendency to forget that the person that knows how to renew the church, Mm -hmm. the person that knows how to breathe life into the church, he's been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And we kind of neglect them. My, My first pastor used to say, 90% 90% of the ch- work of the church would continue without the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's like a dagger. It, it's it, like heartbreaking. It is. And, and I know that might be, in context, he, he was a Protestant pastor, but I think there's some truth in his point that a lot of the things that happen is church incorporated mm-hmm. rather than the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us. Um, so we can find ourselves in, I think this is true in ministry, but I think it's also true in our daily lives. So where we're praying, you know, but really what we're saying is Lord bless what I'm doing Yeah. rather than saying, Lord, help me to know what you're blessing so that I can do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see that example in scripture in Acts, the, the Jerusalem council, Acts 15, I believe it is difficult time in the church. They're trying to decide what to do. First church council, really. And what what do they say? It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and how many decisions can we say that about in our daily lives? Those of us who work in ministry, but also just in general, how many of us can say, it seemed good to me and the Holy Spirit? I think especially in general, because you're saying, you know, 90% of the work of the church would go on without the Holy Spirit. The church isn't just a building. The church isn't just your parish. The church is you. You are a member of the church. And so the Holy Spirit needs to be present in you for you to progress and Mm. for you to grow in holiness and for you to accomplish the mission that God has in store for you because you are the church. So it's 100% about our daily life right? right. because because we are the ones who are going to carry that out even in the parish life and in the church, Mm -hmm. you know, the church material. Right. Yeah. For clarity's sake, obviously I'm not talking about the sacraments when I say that. Mm -hmm. You need the Holy Spirit to be present and active in order for the sacraments to be the sacraments. But uh, again, just the the day-to-day things. Like growing in relationship with Him. Yeah, right. Yeah. How would somebody somebody grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think it starts with love, really. I think in a lot of ways, how much time do we really think about how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. If we think about that, I think it starts there. What, how much was God willing to sacrifice for us on the cross? He demonstrates his love for us. Romans 5 says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What about you, Kara? How do you think we grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit? Um, okay, so I really stress that I think it's important to view the Holy Spirit as a person. 
So I honestly would look at it like, how do you grow in relationship with a person in your life? Mm -hmm. You want to spend time with them. You want to get to know them. You want to have conversations with them. And so I think like that's the best avenue to grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit because that's how we grow in relationship with the Father. That's how we grow in relationship with the Son. That's how we grow with our spouse, with our children. Mm -hmm. Why can't that be how we grow with the Holy Spirit? And where is the Holy Spirit most alive? He's most alive in the church and Mm -hmm. he's most alive in scripture. Mm -hmm. So you have to spend time Mm -hmm. in the church and in scripture. I think it's in Acts 1 and I'm probably going to butcher this, but in Acts 1, it talks about how in the word, it's the Holy Spirit who spoke first. They're specifically talking about the writings of David, but they say it's the Holy Spirit who spoke first before David. So it's the Holy Spirit who is writing all of scripture. Why would we not hang out in scripture? Because that is the living word of God. And I know, you know, John talks about Jesus as the word. So obviously that's where we can grow in relationship with Christ as well. But it's the Holy Spirit who's the author of that word. Mm -hmm. So if you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit and you want to know him, you want to talk to him, you want him to talk back to you, Mm -hmm. go where he is. Amen. Kara, what I think is directly related, I would add one thing Mm -hmm. to your to your two things you mentioned yeah and that's prayer yeah but prayer should be married to scripture yes always yeah and i, I think paul's words come to mind here uh, with regard to prayers we don't always know how to pray as we ought mm-hmm. but the holy spirit leads us and guides us when mm-hmm. we don't know how to pray it's the holy spirit it's that spirit of adoption mm-hmm. the holy spirit is w- what makes us yeah literally a child of god and that same spirit cries out to god from within us and so sometimes the most profound prayer is, come Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you really have to say. Yeah. He will be there. Yeah. I loved you know? that this summer uh, with Project Timothy. It was one of our interns always started at the beginning of a prayer with, come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. And then like by the end of the summer, over half of them were starting uh, were starting vocal, spontaneous prayer with the group that way. Right. Come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. I loved that. Yeah. That was, that was beautiful. So cool. Yeah. Incidentally. If you want to know more about Project Timothy, <laughs> go to projecttimothy.me. Yeah. That's projecttimothy.me. So we like the dot me's. Draw near dot me. Yes, Project yeah, <laughs> yeah. So easy to remember. Uh, mm-hmm. I encourage you to check it out. You'll see a little more what Kara and I are uh, envisioning. Anyway, <laughs> yes, come Holy Spirit. Kara, one of the prayers I like to pray, adding to that, Samuel is one of my favorite Old Testament people. Mm -hmm. Usually I pick the really weird, obscure ones, I know, but (laughs) Samuel's a pretty prominent person. And I love what he says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. So I oftentimes will add that to come Holy Spirit, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I think we hear, we see in that example, in Samuel's words, that when Samuel approaches the Lord that way, Mm -hmm. he does indeed speak. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you begin growing in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that stuff kind of happens more. Like you hear the Lord speaking. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to talk about this just a little bit. And I'm going to try not to hop on a soapbox Mm because you and I both kind of talk about this a little bit. But I feel like as as your relationship with the Holy Spirit progresses and it grows... Like he's called the comforter for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's called the helper for a reason. And so there is kind of this consolation in prayer. Right. Where you might have a specific feeling and that feeling is given to you by the by through the Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. and working within you. And I've heard it kind of I've heard it said often, you can't rely on consolations. Mm-hmm. 
And I kind of struggle with this a little bit. Not in, I don't disagree, like not in the sense of like, okay, when this, when the constellations are taken away, you just like fall away and melt into desolation. Right. That's, I don't disagree with it for that reason. I have a hard time with it because if your relationship with the Holy Spirit is growing and you know, you're spending time with him in prayer, in the church, in scripture, why wouldn't you hear his voice often? Right. And why wouldn't that be something that continues to grow? And if that grows, why is that a bad thing to then to not rely on it in like a cling way, like I'm worshiping the consolation and the and the conversation and the feeling. Mm-hmm. But if you are growing closer to the person of the Holy Spirit, you are growing closer to God. Like he is the giver. You know what I mean? Right. And so that so like that's the point of of that feeling and that consolation. It's not to grow and cling to the feeling, it's to grow in love and connection with the giver of that feeling. Right. So I struggle a little bit with um with that discussion of, well, don't rely on consolation. It's like, yeah, but like God calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. Right. He's comforting yeah. me. Yeah. And and Jesus himself says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, exactly. how much more your heavenly father. So, you know, I I don't know, f- from my experience, I almost, and, maybe, and I think at times in my life, I've been guilty of this too, where on one hand, there's a sort of spiritual one-upmanship mm-hmm. that can kind of grow. Yeah. Like, well, my consolations are better than yours. Mm. Or or on the other hand, there's this, you know, I'm I'm pretty mediocre or feeling like I know I'm not going as deep as I will. And I'm going to hide behind, you're, you're just chasing those warm, fuzzy feelings, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think I've been at both places in my life, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I would probably say me too. Mm-hmm. It, it, this question actually came up when we were in St. Louis. One of the parents asked the question about... How do I help my child if they don't feel like they hear the Lord speaking, or if I've never heard the Lord speaking? Yeah. Like, how how do I respond to that? Because not everybody does. And I think so. Sometimes I think when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it can be confusing. What do we mean by hearing the Lord speak to us? Mm -hmm. And I think first of all, we have to look at it. Doesn't necessarily mean, and we audibly heard a thing. It could just mean the thought is just there. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the still small voice, voice mm-hmm. that a gentle whisper, if you will. And my advice to this parent in that situation was, if you feel like you've never heard the Lord speak that way, then Kara, back to your original point, you need to spend more time in Scripture because mm-hmm. the Word is alive, the Word is active, and the Lord speaks to us. He inspired the Scripture because, and He speaks to us out of that. Yeah. So spend more time in Scripture where you can hear the Lord speak to you. Kara, I couldn't tell you how many times what I've needed to hear was in a particular Scripture passage mm-hmm. that I landed on. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I just randomly flip open the page and wherever my finger stops, that's the Word of the Lord for me for that moment. Right. Um, although I suppose there's been times like that. But maybe it's in the readings that day or... Maybe it's a scripture passage in a homily or something like that. But mm-hmm. the Lord speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in that way. You know, I think you're right. I I don't think it's like you audibly hear something or there's this like big flashing neon sign. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does come to if you want to hear the voice of God, know the voice of God. Right. And know who he is and what he says and how he how he has operated throughout all of history. And we do that by knowing scripture. And I've had I've had this similar situations where I don't audibly hear God say something. I don't like flip randomly through a scripture mm-hmm. passage and be like this one and open it up. And right. like, that's the answer. I wish uh, it could be that easy. That'd though. be amazing. But a lot of times it's like, I take 
a, a concern or something I'm worried about or, a, you know, a struggle or temptation or whatever. And I take that to prayer. And the answer is a scripture passage. And it's either God or my angel or Mary or somebody right. who's bringing that passage to my mind. But if I don't know that passage, they can't mm. bring it to my mind. Right. So if, if we spend time in scripture, like the spiritual realm, the people who are helping us, the saints, our right. angels, they will help and they will answer those prayers. So a lot of times being in tune with, with the voice of God or the voice of Mary or our angels or, mm. or whatever is honestly just our voice in mm. our own head because so often they work. No, not so often, always. They work according to our nature and right. our nature is is aimed at heaven mm. and aimed at holy things. Mm-hmm. So we always are like super in tune to, yeah, I'm experiencing spiritual warfare. I'm experiencing temptation. What we pick up on that because it goes against our nature. Right. We're like, oh, we can tell that something is trying to pull us to away. go do this sin or mm. yeah, pull us away. Mm-hmm. But we don't always pick up on how often we are pulled towards God right. because that's what we're aimed at. Our nature is, is heavenly, but more, more often than demons or, you know, evil, it's good mm. and it's God who is talking to us, but mm. we might not pick up on it because right. it, he works with our nature and our voice. And it seems rational. Sometimes. It seems yeah. rational. Exactly. In our inv- Invisible World series, Kara, we, we yeah. t- touched on this and how the Lord uses promptings yeah. to guide us and, he f- and angels, the Holy Spirit, you know, all those things that God has given us to help us on our way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Take those things from our mind and use them to communicate with us. It's funny that you use the word remember because mm-hmm. that's one thing we often hear about when we talk about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's ministry of remembrance. Mm-hmm. And this comes from toward the end of the book of Acts where um, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance that mm-hmm. you have learned from him. I prayed that prayer for my brother when yeah. he was, was going to go take his med school yeah. test. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's why it's important. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little mm-hmm. ears, what you hear. What you take in, you're either helping, cooperating with the Holy Spirit, helping him to be able to communicate with you more, or you're shutting him off. Yeah. You're, you're putting up a wall. You're blocking the Holy Spirit from working as much as he could in your life. Yeah. So I want to I talk more about how the Holy Spirit is love and what that looks like for us. But I think really quick before moving on, the Holy Spirit as love is also so important for like that that question from a parent at the retreat, you know, what do I do if I've never heard God's voice? Mm-hmm. Because I think honestly, sometimes we can get in this in this place where if we've never heard God's voice, if we have a hard time growing in relationship or bring, bring you know, coming to an encounter with God, or if he has removed constellations and we're kind of in in a place of spiritual desolation where we really struggle in our faith and spiritually, Mm. emotionally, mentally, whatever it might be. We really struggle. And sometimes it is out of love that we're brought to that place. Right. It's out of love that God doesn't send those consolations by the Holy Spirit. Mm. You don't get to hear his voice as often because I love this with Mother Teresa. She, they talk about 40 years of, you know, the dark night of the soul. Right. That doesn't mean that she didn't every single day do God's work. Right. Every single day, pursue God. And receive some sort of consolation yeah. in it. it yes. Like, in her movement toward, of her heart towards right. God. Like, mm-hmm. no doubt she enjoyed, if she didn't enjoy serving the poor, right. why would she have done it? Right. You know, um, she was faithful in that, in those times of not receiving the spiritual consolations. Yes. But there was still, I'm sure, no doubt, 
in the midst of suffering and and feeling like she was in desolation, joy in serving the Lord. Right. Well, and and it happened in her life out of love. Like God loved her so deeply that he's like, I want something more from you. Mm. I want more of your heart. I want you to grow in this particular virtue, whatever it might be. And so he had 40 years set out for her, for her to accomplish that Mm -hmm. and become Mother Teresa, this amazing, beautiful saint with an amazing heart. And so I think so often, you know, I don't want to say condition, but the church kind of sets it up like, our relationship with God is supposed to be just like so emotional, mm-hmm. you know? And I, like I had my first encounter with Christ was emotional. I broke mm-hmm. down in tears. That has not been same a, here. That yeah. has not been a singular experience. Like there are many moments, dark and, you know, joyful moments where mm-hmm. it's just been so emotional and filled with tears. But when that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean God's not there. Right. If it's not like, man, I haven't cried in a really long time. Right. That doesn't mean that, you know, my heart isn't for God or mm-hmm. that God isn't trying to pursue me. Right. And so sometimes like God and the Holy Spirit, he, like he is the mover of our heart. I cannot bring you to conversion. Fred's words will never bring you to conversion. Mm-hmm. It's the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in your heart. And he's going to bring your heart to conversion mm-hmm. always. But, you know, sometimes that initial movement is emotional, but we don't have to cling to an emotional relationship with God. Right. And so I just kind of want to, want to point that back to the Holy Spirit as love, because if you are going through what I'm just going to call a dry spell in your spiritual life Mm -hmm. or a dry life, maybe you've never had that kind of encounter. You've never heard the voice of of God and the Holy Spirit. I just kind of want to challenge you to continue like Mother Teresa, having those movements in your life, movements in your heart towards God, Mm -hmm. because he is still moving and there is still something he wants to bring out of you. Kara, Romans 5, 5 says God's love has been poured out into our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned Father Dave Pavanka. um, He said, there is never a moment when the Lord's love is not poured out into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that just really jumped out at me because, I don't know, I, I've kind of been in a little bit of a dry spell, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, that just really struck me to think that at every time and every moment, God's love is being poured out in my heart, mm-hmm. even when I don't feel like it, yeah. even when I'm not aware of it. It is because I wouldn't be talking to you right now if that was not true. Mm-hmm. God's love is what holds me together. God's love is the reason I exist. Mm-hmm. Every moment I exist is his constant loving thoughts toward me. That's why I am here. That's why I draw my next breath. And even when I draw my last breath, it's because God's love is bringing me home to him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's incredible to think about, that the idea of who the Holy Spirit is, it's that love between the Father and the Son that is so real mm-hmm. It's another person, but that person lives inside of you. Yeah. You know, it's just incredible. It's the same Holy Spirit that turns ordinary bread mm-hmm. into the body and blood of Christ. And then lives inside of you. And then lives inside of <laughs> yeah. you even more. Yeah. The joy of the Lord, the hope of glory lives inside of you mm-hmm. every time you receive the Eucharist at Mass. That's incredible to think about. You have the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in some sense flowing through your veins in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Oh, I love it. It reminds me a lot of Clara. I'm sure I've told this. I'm sure I've told this, but like basically since she was old enough to talk or to listen. Mm-hmm. So we pass a church on our way to daycare 
And I always tried to teach her, you know, that's where Jesus lives. And she used to say Tatternapple. Mm-hmm. Now she says Tabernacle. Oh, I miss Tabernacle. Yeah, I know. I do too. <laughs> but now we, we pass the church and she is teaching our son, who's now two years old. And, and Clara's four and she's like, Gerard, that's where Jesus lives. He lives in the Tabernacle. Can you say Tabernacle? Like <laughs> She's trying to teach him. It's the sweetest thing. And so at, before we started doing that, because that's teaching her about the Eucharist, it was that Christ lives in your heart and God, mm-hmm. God lives in your heart. And so to hear her say that to her brother, did you know that God lives in your heart right. is like the best thing. And so now she's getting to a place where she's starting to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And so she has asked me in the car, why does he live in my heart? So, and then we get talking about St. Michael mm-hmm. and we get talking about angels. Do they live in my heart? And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, they're with you, but in a different way. And she, she wants to know, you know, why? And then we start talking about, well, it's the Holy Spirit by your baptism that mm-hmm. God actually lives within you. So I love that. I love that passage. It's the Holy Spirit living within your heart. And it is so beautiful to think about and relate it to the church because that is the Old Testament. Like that is the Old Testament tabernacle. It is God's dwelling in the temple, in the tabernacle. Right. And like that is the fulfillment in today, in today's church. We are the temple. Your body right. is the temple. Yeah. Why are we the temple? Because we have God's dwelling within us. That is my favorite thing to say. The Holy Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit lives within you. Love himself lives within you. Amen. Oh, I love that. Kara, I, sometimes I think you're, that what you're saying about Clara reminds me of a story of Zoe. Mm-hmm. I think we just have a podcast so we can brag on our kids. <laughs> Not brag. I mean, they're, they're terrors sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, but so recently we were at mass and uh, we got five kids and there was a elderly man sitting behind us mm-hmm. and he was staring at our family the entire time. Not in like a creepy way, <laughs> you know, but he was just watching our family, you know, through the whole mass. And then we got up to receive communion and, and Zoe, she's just turned three recently she turned and genuflected toward the man. And at first I started to get ready to correct her and say, no, we genuflect toward the tabernacle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tat- tabernacle. Tabernacle. <laughs> I was so close. And, uh, and then immediately I just felt like the Lord said, aren't I present in that man just like I am in that tabernacle? Mm-hmm. And I got it right that time. Um, and it, I, I don't know, it just that really struck me that Wow, yes, you are. Right. Because of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, God Himself is dwelling inside inside of us as His temple. But at the same time, when we receive communion, He's also mm-hmm. all the more. And I don't know, that's just incredible to think about. Yeah. Kara, I also think I go back to creation. You mentioned your first encounter with the Lord, relationship with the Holy Spirit, being an emotional experience. And it was certainly that mm-hmm. for me. And when I think about it, I often feel, you know, like they're happy tears. Yeah. You know, because I think about the new creation that the Holy Spirit has worked in my own life. And I love the line in the Come Holy Spirit's prayer, another prayer that we take for granted. We should do an episode just like <laughs> line by line uh, on this on this prayer. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. I love that line that looking at the Holy Spirit coming upon creation and recreating because we see that example in scripture, the very first line in scripture in the beginning, Mm -hmm. 
the Spirit of God hovered upon the waters. In the original he- Hebrew, the word is tohu vavohu, which means basically chaos and empty void. And out, and the Holy Spirit comes and hovers upon brood is actually more like the word, like mm-hmm. a hen uh, keeping her eggs warm, waiting for them to hatch. The, ho- the Holy Spirit brooded upon the waters, and then from that creation came. And for me, I think the Holy Spirit, God's love at work in our lives, is a lot like that. The Holy Spirit comes in the chaos and the emptiness Mm -hmm. of our lives, the void, the dryness, the desert. And out of that, new creation comes forth. I think you see that with Mary, too. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, shall overshadow you. You see that same language. And out of that comes God himself. Mm Mm-hmm incarnate you see that in the church in the birth of the church go and wait for the holy spirit and the holy spirit comes at pentecost yeah there's a reason we call that's a good point there's a reason we call pentecost the birthday of the church Mm -hmm. and you see that in paul's writing too in second corinthians if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come Mm -hmm. new creation for the purpose of sharing that same love with others in the world i don't know that just yeah Blows my mind, Kara. And the last line of that prayer is, and thou shall renew the face of the earth. And thou shall so renew the face of the earth. That's how we renew right. the face of the earth. Going forth. The Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. God's love living, acting yeah. through us. Yeah. Transforming the world around us. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, Kara. It is. I think uh, the recent readings in the church cycle have been so, so fitting, which is why we wanted to do this two months ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> but have been so fitting. It's been hanging out in 1 Corinthians 12, which is one of my favorite passages. I always say that. I always say this is my favorite passage. Yeah. I have a lot of favorite passages. The whole Bible is Kara's favorite <laughs> the passage. The whole Bible is, yeah. Um, but the church readings have been so fitting to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, I love this. It compares the church as a body. Like you are members of a body, individual members of a body, but it's one body. Mm -hmm. And I love this because when you think about the body, how we were created, we are material and we're spiritual. We have a physical body and we have a soul. And so making that connection with the church, the church is material and spiritual. It has Material beings, us, and material buildings, the churches. Mm. But what's the spiritual side of the church? The catechism says the Holy Spirit is yeah, the, soul the soul of, of the, the church. church. It's what animates the body. It's what animates the body. Mm-hmm. So if we are a church that 90% of the work of the church would continue without the Holy Spirit, we're a corpse. We're the church is a corpse yeah. if we do not invite the Holy Spirit into what we do. Because if we are, as human beings are without a soul, we're just a body. Right. So if we're comparing the the church to a body, we need that spiritual soul. And that is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's good. Gary, you're feisty today. I'm feisty today. We can't forget about him. (laughs) Well, and okay, I'm going to give like the benefit of the doubt here for a second. I think it's easy to forget about something when it becomes so regular. Or taken. Yeah, just taken for granted. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. how, how often do we start prayer? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What does that mean? We're saying a prayer right there in the right. sign of the cross, but we say it so often or we talk about the Holy Spirit so often in liturgy that we take it for granted and we mm. don't pause and be like, what does this actually mean? Right. Jesus himself, we're going to do a series of shorties on the Our Father, kind mm-hmm. of a line by line, spoiler alert, <laughs> that'll be coming soon. But um, it's interesting because when the apostles come to Jesus, it's during, right in smack in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, as I recall. 
um, they say, teach us how to pray. And the very first thing Jesus says isn't the Our Father. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, he does say, when you pray, pray like this, but that's not what he says first. Mm -hmm. What he says first is, do not be like the heathen who uh, think that they'll be heard for their many words and babble in vain repetition. What Jesus is warning there is that that very thing, Kara, that it, it's easy to take the words of anything, take them for granted, and then it becomes saying a prayer mm -hmm. rather than praying, praying a prayer. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference, and the difference is relationship. Yeah, yeah. going back to the First Corinthians 12 passage. So the point of this passage, it, it says, you know, for just as the body is one and has many members, all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And then it goes into talking about gifts talking about you know it, it says if the foot should say because i am not a hand i do not belong to the body that would not make it any less a part of the body this is why we need a video podcast care because you had some sass on that i had one. some sass i'm she, like i'm like bobbing she, my head yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry or it goes like but it goes through parts of the body it talks about your eye your ear you know if the eye would say this or it, that it's not an ear it doesn't belong so it's really getting at the heart of if we are all individual members of mm -hmm. the body, the church, we're all bringing something different. Some people, you know, are going to be an arm. Some people are going to be an eye. Some people might be the pinky toe, which coming from a dancer, I will say the pinky yes. toe is very important for balance. <laughs> so that was not a jab. Yeah. But everybody has a specific role that they are supposed to fill mm -hmm. and that they are meant to fill to build up the kingdom. And this gets to the gifts. I love talking about, I know you do too, Fred, mm -hmm. love talking about the spiritual gifts, not mm -hmm. just the spiritual gifts, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that we learn and have to memorize for confirmation, mm -hmm. but also getting into what are those additional charisms, those gifts. The New Testament gifts, we yes. could call them. Yes. Yeah. New Testament gifts. Um, so I kind of want to get into that and talk about that, actually. Maybe the difference between like the the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. the New Testament gifts, if we're calling them that. Yeah. No, I think that that's good. Sometimes people will use the word charismatic. Mm -hmm. gifts but mm -hmm. i think i don't know sometimes people get tripped up on that word in the wrong way mm -hmm. like we're not talking about some exclusively some movement within the wider church that's a bible word right you know right uh, and coming from a protestant charismatic tradition i just came into the catholic church because i realized to be truly charismatic is to be catholic mm -hmm. so it's our word right <laughs> yeah. so yeah. charismatic is our word it's we our claim word. It. So, <laughs> so it's it's good it's fine so anyway yeah so um so like the spiritual gifts of the holy spirit the seven ones that that i'm thinking in my head like those are for you as an individual. Those are how the Holy Spirit works in your life. The grace that is poured out when we receive, you know, the sacrament of baptism, the sacrament of confirmation, whenever we go back to the confessional, whenever we go to, to receive the Eucharist. These are the gifts that the Holy Spirit continues to give us to help us mm -hmm. grow in virtue and us grow in holiness. Mm -hmm. And I actually want to pause here because I think this is so... Uh, not undervalued, but we don't call upon the gifts very often mm -hmm. and they make a difference in our life. I think it was just a very recent reading of imitation of Christ. And it reminded me of something that one of my professors talked about. I, I got to share this. You know what I'm talking about, Fred, mm. but it reminded me of something that a few years ago, one of my professors was talking about and they were talking about spiritual directors and asked the question, would you rather have a spiritual director who is holy or learned? So they, they're well-read, intellectual, whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And the point that they argued in class was learned because then if you are in direction with them, they can better guide you. A holy person only knows how they came to be holy and they came to be spiritual. But a learned person knows the different methods and stuff to help you grow mm-hmm. where you're at. And I, I, I was an online student, so I couldn't actually argue. But I wanted to argue so <laughs> bad. <laughs> Sorry. Kara's getting feisty again. <laughs> I'm getting feisty. <clears throat> I wanted to argue that I would much rather have a holy spiritual director than somebody who is learned. And this is the reason why. Because if you are holy, yeah, you may have gotten there a specific way, but you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, if I am doing all of the educating on my own, I am seeking it. I am learning the knowledge. I am trying to gain understanding. That is far less effective and far less impactful than if as a holy person, the Holy Spirit gives me the gift of understanding. The Holy Spirit gives me the gift of wisdom. Mm. So I wanted to argue, I would much rather have somebody who is holy because it's God who is giving them wisdom and God giving them understanding, not them going and seeking it out themselves. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, Kara, I don't know. Some of what's coming to mind is people that have, to use a phrase that's common in Protestant charismatic traditions, but read my mail mm-hmm, yeah like it's not necessarily somebody that was well versed in this or that or right. knew me really well mm-hmm. but they just approached me and said i believe the lord wants me to say this particular thing right lizzie tecklenburg i'm talking about you <laughs> um and it's just like she you, read your mail so much <laughs> yes she did you know it's a god thing yeah and that i think in some ways the the seeking to grow in relationship with the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. That's mm-hmm. the key ingredient there. Right. Not, you know, how many books has right. she read or, right. you know, that sort of thing. Right. So the gifts from the Holy Spirit, um, specifically, the, you know, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're for our own personal growth and virtue. But the other side of the spiritual gifts is the charismatic things that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So the New Testament gifts. And these are also called charisms. Um, charisms are specifically for other people. Mm -hmm. They are gifts that you have that are supernatural. They're not, they're not your natural talent. They're not something that you have worked towards. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a really great piano player, but you have studied for 25 years. Um, although you might have the charisma of music, but Mm -hmm. it's not a natural talent. It's a supernatural gift. And the purpose of this gift is to build the kingdom of God. Right. It's for other people. Yeah. And the fruit that comes from that is beyond what seems yes. reasonable for the natural ability. Yes. Um, and they are, like you said, Kara, they're, they're very much focused outward. It's not, I play the piano because it's my stress relieving. Right. But it's when I play the piano, people encounter Christ, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. feel that way. Kara, you're singing, I think, is very much that way. I'm still discerning it, but, yeah. <laughs> but Fred can um, say it. <laughs> I think, um, you know, there's a there's an encounter with Christ with His Spirit that happens in the use of those gifts. They are for the Holy Spirit animates the church, but it's also the Holy Spirit that builds up the church, right? And He uses the gifts to do that. He uses the members of the body, right? Amen. And, and gives you gifts Amen. to do exactly that. And it talks about that in for, in First Corinthians. It actually says so. So. To desire the gifts is not a bad thing. It's not a selfish thing. Like you've already quoted, you know, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you? 
right? right. I, I what passage is that? Do you remember? Luke eleven thirteen. Luke eleven thirteen. Thank you. Yeah. So it's talking about a father. Like what father would give, if a child asks for this gift, would give them, you know, something ridiculous that's completely opposite. And it says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So it's not a bad thing to desire the Holy Spirit mm. or to ask for gifts. And First Corinthians actually says that. It says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. Right. Earnestly desire that. Yeah. Why is that a bad it's thing? Scripture. Scripture tells you yeah. to desire the gifts. Yeah. And Paul even goes on to say, I would that all would prophesy and, mm -hmm. and have these gifts. If you want to look these up, it's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's okay to desire the gifts because the Father wants to give them to you. Mm -hmm. But the key in understanding the charismatic gifts is that they're not for you. He's going to give you them so that you can help his work and build up the church. Yeah. And I love that. So, okay, what are some, some tips for people in discerning gifts? Well, Kara, I think I think just building one last point on your desiring the gifts because Scripture does encourage us mm -hmm. to pray for the gifts, mm -hmm. not in a sense of you're just seeking the consolation, you're forgetting the giver, mm -hmm. and only focusing on the gift. That's not the point. I think what we have to examine, and maybe this is a key to discerning too, is what's our intention in desiring the gift. Yeah. Because if the intention is, and in my background, I saw this a lot. Well, I can speak in tongues, like. I look how wonderful I am. Right. You know, it became like this trophy badge of honor, mm -hmm. prideful thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something we have to ask ourselves is what's our intention in, in seeking the gift? Is it to draw attention to ourselves? Because if it is, we could, we could be indeed opening ourselves up for deception. But if our intention is out of love for God, wanting to serve him with our whole heart and help build the church and renew the church that's the difference. Mm -hmm. I don't, I just made this connection in my head. Um, when he, when Jesus is asked, what are the greatest commandments? He says, love your father and love others as yourself. When you think about the gifts, the gifts of the Holy spirit that are meant for us to grow in virtue and holiness, like that is that first commandment, right? Love God. Oh, that's good. And yeah. when we think of the charismatic gifts, that has to be our intention. It always has to. We're talking about the Holy Spirit as love. Obviously, the intention needs to be love. <laughs> right. So when we talk about the charismatic gifts, they are meant for other people. Right. So that's love of others. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of the, the charisms in discerning them, I really like what Sister Fidelis talked about in our discussion with her, mm -hmm. that you can't discern passively. There has to be an action right. as a part of your discernment. So if you are discerning a specific charism, like I'm going to use a hypothetical one, if you're discerning intercessory prayer, you can't discern it if you don't pray for people. Right. You know, whether that's in person and you meet someone who asks you for prayers. Which is a great way to do it. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you can get feedback right there. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a hard thing with intercessory prayer. Sometimes you feel this prompting to pray for someone, but that person never knows that it was you who was right. praying for them. Yeah. So that one's a little bit harder to get feedback on. But ways that you can discern is to actively do that particular gift or that particular act and pay attention to how you feel in the moment. Mm -hmm. Are you at peace? Are you feeling joy? Does it feel like a moment of prayer for you? Like it's bringing you closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And... Also pay attention to the fruit. Like we said, this is a supernatural gift. This is not a natural talent. So if something happens, is it like 
I could never have done that on my own. Is that that should be your immediate thought? Right. It should be a supernatural fruit that happened because you acted in that particular gift. Mm -hmm. And then you want to pay attention to feedback. Do people tell you this happened? So sometimes it's hard because you know they might be in a prayer chain and multiple people are praying right. for them, and that's a little bit harder to discern. Was it my charism or you know somebody else at home praying a rosary in their mm -hmm. charism? So sometimes it, you want to try with, you know, the action um, and acting upon a particular charism, try and create a situation where it's you and it's only you doing that act um, mm -hmm. to see if, the, you know, the fruit and the feedback is specifically for you. And Kara, that's a really beautiful part. That ongoing discernment where you start looking at, I think I might have the charism of teaching. Mm -hmm. And Kara, I'm just going to use you as an example. <laughs> like you get excited when you teach, you can yeah. just tell. Like, I get excited when I write lesson it, plans. And the planning, just the joy comes out. Mm -hmm. And then she'll get up and teach. And it, it's just, a, it's amazing. You can tell she's in the zone. And the feedback that people get, really, you know, you can tell they're learning and being drawn closer to Christ. They're encountering Christ through her teaching. That's a probable charism of teaching. But if Kara didn't take the steps to actually do that, mm-hmm then she would never be able to discern that gift. Right. Uh, intercessory prayer is another good example. So Kara mentioned Project Timothy earlier. Mm -hmm. And so we had an experience over the summer where one of our interns, we use that term loosely, um, but there was some, somebody that needed prayer and it was for their mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Tommy said said well let's pray in the moment because that's we're big on that we we stress that if someone needs prayer don't tell them i'll pray for you mm -hmm. because you'll forget yeah pray for them in the moment and allow god to speak and act in the moment and so tommy prayed for the mother-in-law that she would be at peace and if it was time to go home that she'd be comforted and the very next day uh, the mother-in-law told her thank you for having your friends pray for me mm -hmm. that i could go home to be with jesus and she had no idea. Yeah. Like she was never told she, any of this. Yeah, happened. she didn't tell her the her mother in law the story that like they prayed for her. She right. just said, Thank you for having them pray for me. Right. And it was a profound experience that kind of stuck with them mm -hmm. for that last little bit of time that she was with them. So yeah. I mean that's just some examples that come to mind, but yeah. God can do some pretty amazing things if we allow him to work in and through us in the moments. And Kara, I think we talked about this on our episode, Made for Greatness, mm -hmm. how St. Maximilian Kolbe, we're all given a very specific purpose in life to fulfill, and we're given the gifts to complete that thing. It's a matter of opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. St. Ignatius of Loyola, most people have no idea what God would make of them if they would only place themselves at his disposal. Mm -hmm. And so I think a big part of discerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit, discerning what gifts God has given us or wants us to shine forth in, really it's just saying, here I am, Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, now that I've got that song in everybody's head, <laughs> um, here I am. You know, use yeah. me. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm -hmm. Come, Holy Spirit, use me. Yeah. I think it's important to note, too, that there's a real beauty in being able to say, I do not have that gift. Yes. But really, like if God is truly working in us in a particular gift, there's freedom in saying, you know what, this might not be my gift because it's leading us closer to the gift that he actually has given us. Mm -hmm. 
and he actually wants us to use to build up the kingdom. And it's also very freeing because I feel like so often when you become on fire for your faith or you volunteer for one thing, it's like, oh, well, they're a really good volunteer. Let's ask them to do this, this and this and this. And right. it can lead to, lead to like just Burnout. feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out. Yeah. Right. But when you understand like this is the gift that God has given me. There's a lot of joy in saying yes to that and freedom and being like, you know, I'm not quite sure that's how I'm called to serve. Right. Yeah. And so I think this is it's such an important, important thing in the church to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, because it's through that relationship and through that love of God and love of neighbor that he is going to work through you and work in your gifts and build up the kingdom, and which is why we the are, face of the earth. renew the face of the earth. And that's why we're here. Amen.